This is a podcast from the Business Times. Inflation seems to be on everyone's minds these days, or more specifically, the impact of inflation on various aspects of our lives. A quick spin around the newsroom here at the Business Times really hammered it home for me. Retirement adequacy, the cost of living, bonds not keeping pace with inflation, and even the yield curve being below 5%. What to do, what to do? Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips to help you on your money-managing and wealth-growing journey. I'm Howie Lim. Helping us today, Mahin Gupta, co-founder of Limino, Hugh Chung, Chief Investment Advisory Officer at Endow Us, and the Regional Head of Digital Sales at Saxo APAC, Chris Lam. So let's tackle retirement adequacy first with Chris, especially since our long-term savings plans are being jeopardized by inflation, rising housing costs, and insufficient wage growth. Plus, everything seems so expensive in Singapore. Many like myself, Gen X, or even the baby boomers, certainly we are more vulnerable in an inflationary environment. But depending on your risk profile, I think there's a range of options to protect your wealth or to at least help it grow at a nominal pace. So if you're completely risk adverse, you know, right now, I think the in thing is high yield savings accounts, money market funds, those may be your top choice, but inflation continues to erode your savings still. So, you know, you might be left with a lower retirement sum than what you had planned for if you put in all this. Right now, the rage is US Treasury bonds, you know, they're offering attractive yields in short term to medium term. And that might help you beat inflation. And then also given the less certain outlook, we do see like clients, they stay more on the sidelines in cash, you know, usually about 30% in cash assets in their accounts with us. And I think a big reason contributing to that is because our clients, they can earn up to like 4.3% in non-trading cash, particularly in the USD. Those who don't mind taking a little more risk, they can actually look for higher returns. Some of the stocks actually showing quite good value now, especially those that also pay dividends. So those can be quite attractive also. I think the most frequently cited retirement fear would be outliving my savings. And then we are concerned that we will not be able to meet our basic financial needs when we are older. The most important thing to do, I would say, would be to start planning for retirement. There's no best time to start, but clearly the earlier the better. Here's the thing. Inflation isn't just an issue for those looking at their retirement adequacy. It's an issue for everyone regardless of age. Of course, the older you are, the concern is properly understanding the issue at hand. Here's Hu Cheng from Endowers. If you look at inflation over a longer term period, so for example, on a 10-year yield basis, and you decompose the 10-year, it really is a breakdown between inflation expectation and what we call real yields. And expectations have been very steady between 2 to 2.5% over a 20-year period. And this is because the Fed targets to be in that range. So if you look at a period like last year, when CPI was as high as 9%, the 10-year inflation expectations were still at 2 to 2.5%. So this is something that's very important to be mindful of. But what it actually also means is to really think about the purchasing power of the wealth that you have. We recently did a survey where 
more than half the people are worried about inflation and the financial concerns that they have, cost of goods sold. But two thirds or more of the people are tackling this problem by saving more money and putting it in the bank. And this is not really advisable because you get 1%, for example, on the savings account, and that's not enough to overcome that two to two and a half percent inflation. It's really about whether you're a senior or a young person in life to think about the purchasing power and how to overcome that. And the way to do it, in our view, is to really stay invested and have a balanced portfolio of stocks and bonds. Although it's scary, putting money in the bank or below your closet or what have you is not the way. And the way is to really stay invested. Sounds like we should also be keeping a closer eye on our budgets. Mahin Gupta, co-founder of digital asset custody platform Limino, weighs in with his thoughts. Inflation is hitting the purchasing power of that money. So you want to make sure that you are very careful of what you want to purchase. Even if you are an active investor or passive investor, doesn't matter because during these times, the macro environment will impact. So if you can delay some of your purchases or some of your adventures that you want to try, it's better that you save that money and try to focus on the things that are very necessary. It is really, really important to check on every expense that you make because it is going to be very difficult to keep making more money, at least for some time until at least you understand the trend of interest rates and economy where it is going. It doesn't matter if it is going down or it is going up. Right now, the problem is that it's pretty fluid and it can go anywhere. So it's very important to make sure that you have a tight control over expenses. You only take up projects which you think are very significant and very, very important. Whatever macro indicators we are seeing right now, inflation is here to stay. And unfortunately, because of the inflation, it will force all of us to take bigger risks than we would like to normally. At least in terms of your portfolio, you will have to put some money into assets that can keep up with inflation. Sometimes people think that if you are older, then 100% debt portfolio is good. But in, in this environment, a 70-30 debt equity portfolio is a much, much better bet compared to a 100% debt portfolio. Because if not in terms of dollar price, you will lose in terms of dollar value. But I thought we weren't supposed to look too much or miss with the plan too much. 70-30 sounds risky. For those with less time to allow high-risk investments to recover, should the untoward happen, it's difficult to be convinced to be riskier. All the macro indicators are showing that inflation is here and it is going to stay for some time because whatever government or whatever central banks take stands how economy moves, normally it moves little slow compared to what we see. Inflation is a guaranteed loss. If you do not put some money or some allocation into risk assets, you are going to lose for sure. The idea here is that if you have a diversified portfolio of bonds and equities, whatever percentage allocation depending on your risk appetite, the thesis is that this small percentage of risk assets will help you keep float during this time and keep up with inflation. Still to come, what about that pesky yield curve that's below 5%? Will the 10-year yield rise to 5%? And if it does, won't every asset in the world collapse? More in a moment. In the next podcast episode of Editor's Talk, 
Inspired by the Business Times column, Off the Record, we turn our attention to audience editors from the newsrooms of SPH Media. Hi, I'm Clarissa Montero, podcast editor at the Business Times. In the next episode of Editors Talk, I'll be sitting down with Business Times head of our audience teams. Have you ever wondered what they do? How driven by analytics, both big and small data are they? And what makes an audience specialist in the modern media world? And that's just my first few questions. Associate Editor Audience at The Business Times, Chan Chiaopong, joins us next. Out June 12th. Check in for the latest in Editor's Talk from The Business Times podcast's team. And now, back to Money Hacks from The Business Times. So we've talked about inflation making us worried about our retirement savings. But now, here's the head-scratcher. The yields on the entire yield curve is below 5%, and inflation doesn't seem to be coming down. Can the 10-year yield rise to 5%? Because that's one way the curve will return to normal. Here's Mahin Gupta from Limino. It is a possibility. It may reach there, but honestly, the yield curve, it takes a long time to move in large percentages. Even if it reaches 5%, then the journey would not be linear. Because as the yield curve increases, then economy governments will have to react to it. So it would take some time. But if you take longer run, looking at the current indicators, it is definitely possible, not out of question. I hope that we do not reach there. I think that we are at a stage where everyone will have to be cautious. Whatever money you are going to earn, that's a different thing. But whatever money you have right now, you have to be very, very careful. See, if in a scenario where yield curve reaches 5%, then it would be very, very bad for most risk-on assets. Most risk-on assets would have to lose. Most of the asset class would suffer. But again, money is like water. It finds a place to flow. And I'm seeing if we are at 5%, then we are basically officially in hyperinflation. And I think there would be some portfolio allocation or some asset class will help you to keep up with inflation. Having said that, there is no point of over-optimizing it for right now. Let's cross that bridge when we get there. Hugh Chung from Endowas agrees. Yeah, no, that's a good question. So my answer is I think it's possible, but not likely. The reason is such. So you currently, again, have a 10-year yield at 3.8%. The 20-year average is 29 And if you decompose the 3.8 into inflation expectation and real interest rates, it's 2.2 and 1.6. So real interest rates are 1.6%. Now, again, the reason why it stays at 2 to 2.5% is because the Fed targets that. If the scenario that you explained where nominal rates go to 5%, that implies that the real interest rates are closer to three. Now, if real interest rates are 3%, things are really bad. Growth is going to come down very quickly. We've only had a few periods in the last 20 years, financial crisis, and then prior to that, the dot-com bubble, etc. So things are going to come down really quickly, which means that the Fed will have to start cutting rates. So this is a natural cap into the 5% nominal yield that we were talking about. So the most likely scenario is... Treasury 10-year nominal yields to stay between 3 to 4%. But the reason why I didn't say it was not possible is because I think there is a scenario where the Fed starts to target a higher inflation rate, something like 3%, not 2 And this is because there is a recognition. A lot of the inflation is structural, more structural. So for example, deglobalization, we're seeing the demographic turn unfavorable as well. 
So there is a lot of structural reasons why inflation can be sticky and the Fed could target 3%, which means nominal yields can go higher. Now, if that's the case, then yes, you're right. I think I think that could happen. I don't think it's very likely for now because the Fed doesn't want to risk inflation getting out of hand, meaning what we call de-anchoring, psychology starting to feed on itself and, and so on, which is what the Fed was trying to stop. So long answer short, I think it's possible, but unlikely that it goes to five or, or higher. There might be some hope for those worried that bonds don't keep pace with inflation and savings and earnings are being eroded. And most analysts are saying, don't worry, the short end will sink very soon. But will it? And when? Is there certainty inflation will fall back down to 2% this year? Yeah, I think inflation can come back closer to 2%. Again, I'm on the camp that there are structural reasons that are different from the last 20 years. So I think things are going to be harder. One of the questions was, if interest rates are high, is that the end of the world? And do risk assets really crater? It matters how it gets there. You have to remember that during the 1990s, nominal rates were above 5% for the entire decade. And it was one of the best periods for equity markets in the last century. So just the 5% number alone is not going to hurt risk assets. It's kind of how you get there that's more important in my view. Inflation should be plenty to worry about, but analysts are concerned many aren't worried enough. Here's Chris Lam from Saxo. Because of the COVID period, a lot of people have had this YOLO mindset. All of a sudden, you know, a lot of things that they've missed in the last three years, when things open up, they really want to discover and all that. So on the one hand, it's a good attitude to have to try and appreciate the finer things in life. But at the same time also, I do see and feel like across the landscape, people are not worrying so much about their future retirement needs. So they're not really putting so much emphasis on, for example, savings and all that, which can be quite a concern. And usually even when I talk to the younger generation these days, I do remind them that it's very important to start saving, not just for, you know, their midterm goals for marriage whatsoever, but even for retirement also. When they start saving, the power of compounding really takes a very huge effect. One thing good about Singapore, I think, is that there is a very savvy younger generation who is already quite in tune with a lot of different retirement savings and planning as well. But at the same time, you know, you have still quite a large proportion that probably needs a bit more push and education on why that is very important because you don't want to get to a stage where it's too late where you are maybe in your late 40s or 50s and then all of a sudden, you know, you realize that you don't have enough for retirement goals and no matter how good CPF can be by the Singapore government, it may be inadequate to preserve your current lifestyle, which if it deteriorates, then you would feel like you will have a worse and worse quality of life. So if you want to maintain that, you really need to start saving. And we're much more worried about what happens in the short term. And if you fast forward a few years, the weight should be different. Well, you have to remember, though, even with all these concerns about debt ceilings, inflation, et cetera, this year, year to date, global equities are up 8%, and a 60-40 balance portfolio is up 5%. And granted, it's because of a few stocks, and that worries me a little bit as well. But again, longer term, global equities on an annual basis have given you 7% returns very, very consistently. doesn't mean every year, but I mean, like if you look at long periods, right? That's certainly better than even the 3% inflation rate that it could get to. So let's say it's between two to three. Seven is significantly higher than that. So that over time preserves your capital, right? 
remember equities as a fight against inflation is probably one of the best bets long term because what is equities? Equities is really a multiple of corporate earnings. And corporate earnings is really a function of corporate revenue. And corporate revenue is on a nominal basis, meaning it includes inflation. So having exposure to corporate earnings is actually the best bet. Now, within corporates, obviously, you want to be careful on which ones have high pricing power, strong balance sheets, high cash flow, because if it's an indebted company, then higher borrowing costs are not good for you. Most people can't stock pick. So the best bet, again, is to have a diversified exposure to the global index. Financial literacy is a lifelong learning journey. You know, you have to constantly be learning about financial literacy and how to make the necessary preparations for retirement. Chris Lam from Saxo APEC. Also, thank you to Mahin Gupta from Liminal and Hugh Chung from Endowers. We've been discussing what to do about one of the biggest financial worries today, inflation. I'm Howie Lim. In the next episode, we explore investment opportunities in China in an unexpected location, India. Join us then. From the Business Times, this has been Money Hacks. This is a podcast by the Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.